I'm Bonnie. Welcome to Martha Martha. I am distracted by many things. Because I'm a mom, because I'm a human, uh, because I have weakness, I need my Lord to guide me and to calm me every day. So let's walk together. Hey, good morning. Uh, when I first became Catholic, I had, uh, I already had a daughter, so she was, she was about four, four and a half when I became Catholic. And, you know, so it wasn't that long. I hadn't been a Christian for very long when she was, um, preparing for her first communion. And so she went to first communion classes at our church, but also we, uh, were using a catechetical program at home. It was the Faith and Life series, actually, which is a really beautiful, a uh, really beautiful series. And it's, you know, kind of a question and answer style uh, of catechism. And so, you know, as I was teaching her this at home, uh, I was I was learning a lot because a lot of those basics hadn't actually been covered in my own catechesis. I had a really poor catechesis, so I came into the church really not knowing uh, what the Catholic Church was all about. I did know how to make an Easter candle. That was pretty helpful. It's been a pretty helpful skill in my life. But uh, other than that, yeah, no, I didn't really know a lot of stuff. So I was, you know, four or five years a Catholic before I made my first confession. <laughs> so yeah, some uh, funky stuff. But anyway, I learned a lot doing catechesis with my daughter. And um, one of the things, though, that was really sort of took me by surprise was there was this question, you know, really basic question in a children's catechism. Why did God make me? Why did God make me? And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe they would ask a little kid a question. Like, why would God make me? Why would they do that? You know, isn't this the thing that theologians have been fighting about for millennia? And, you know, why would God make me? Isn't that the big questions philosophers are asking? And, you know, so I, I turned the page of this catechism book, and what it said was, God made you to know him, love him, and serve him in this life, and to be happy with him in the next life. And I was completely taken aback and stunned by the simplicity of this answer. And I was equally as stunned by the magnitude of the call to know, love, and serve God in this life, so that we can be happy with him in the next life. And it changed. It was a real turning point for me, because it changed everything. You know, we have to really think about those turning points in our life. So my life, I just discovered, was not about me. Uh, my life was about knowing, loving, and serving God. And so how do I do that? How do we know how to know, love, and serve God? So I'd like to read you a uh, scripture verse, Matthew 25, because really herein lies the the answer to that question. How do we know how to love and serve God? And I'll be talking a little bit about this this week. So Matthew 25, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. 
For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you in sick or in prison or go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And he goes on to say, and I'll just paraphrase this part, you, the rest of you, didn't do that stuff. Okay, You didn't do that stuff. You didn't feed me, clothe me, give me to drink. You didn't do that stuff to my brothers and sisters. So therefore you didn't do it to me. And this is where the clue is where we find out what exactly it is that God wants of us and how we're supposed to treat people, right? Okay, I'll actually say it. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or needing clothes or sick in prison and did not help you? Truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. We know, love, and serve God by how we treat other people, okay? We see Christ in others, and the others that are closest to us, and the others where it matters most is our own family members, our children, our spouse. That's the main goal in our life. That's the main way that we show our love to Christ is by how we treat the other in our home. And ultimately, that's how we learn to know, love, and serve God in these earthly relationships. And that's how we attain heaven. We attain heaven through our earthly relationships. And we just can't ever forget that. I'll chat about this a bit more tomorrow. God bless.